0: We are rolling. Sweet. Is this thing on? (laughs) Yeah, I think we're live. All right. Uh, What's up, dudes? This is Chad Kroger coming in with the Going Deep with Chad and JT podcast. Guys, before we begin, I will remind you once again that we are brought to you by manscape manscape thank you so much for keeping our trims pubed for looking after our hogs for making sure that we're looking fresh and clean because trims pubed trims pubed yeah yeah makes sense yeah uh, you get it. yeah <laughs> you're you're on board with the manscape train <laughs> for sure so <laughs> Uh use code go deep ww at manscaped.com for twenty percent off. All orders. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm here with my compadre, John Thomas. What up? Boom clap stokers. And we are back with Travis Pastrana. What up, dude? Welcome. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to see you again.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been too long actually.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just our is our our monthly catch up. Nice. I'd be Uh, all right with that. Yeah. Uh how's your fourth of July? Dude, my favorite holiday. Ah, uh, it's awesome.
1: I yeah. have to say uh we had, I mean, it was finally corona's kind of lifting a little bit where we can have groups. So uh we just went and did the all-American redneck bash like we always do and um nice. had some filming for, for uh for Quibi just on uh for that release coming out. So it's been really cool to get everyone together and have an excuse to do it while technically working. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as we were done, uh, done filming, we definitely went, uh, with the Can-Ams and, uh, quadding and mudding
0: and, oh it was just absolutely awesome. Oh, that's. Uh, How about oh. you guys?
1: What'd you guys do for the fourth?
0: Uh, we were actually filming something during the day. So it felt nice to actually like work, or, like be doing work, you know, it was like we like earned our, uh, our celebration afterwards. And then we just curled some hot dogs. Uh and then had a couple brews and just it was just like three of us so we were staying safe and nice. uh yeah it we're was fun J- yeah. yeah we're in jt's mom's backyard yeah my mom's
2: backyard she's out of town so i kind of got the place to myself right now yeah uh, had a bottle of wine we watched gladiator and then rounders yeah, oh man
1: maybe bed bath and beyond i don't know if there'll be time
0: <laughs> Are you a big firework guy?
1: Uh yeah, I like explosions. So we did um we shot a fifty cal at a uh, we learned from last year that we needed to chain the uh propane tank. So five gallon uh, propane <laughs> tank. Um man, you wouldn't believe the acceleration on those things. Uh wrap yeah. it with rubber cement. Uh, yeah. man, it, big, big boom. So we put it in a vehicle this year. Um, the nice. only thing that was left were the four tires. So was, wow. You just blew up a car. Yeah. I mean, don't, it was a, it was a junk car. We, we went until we actually rolled it, flipped it, crashed it. The car was not moving. So we decided to put the uh, propane tank in the car. Yes. Was pretty exciting. Dude, That's amazing. Wow, Did we, were you Go the ahead. trigger man? No, I was not. Street bike. Tommy took that, uh, yeah, I was already had a drink, so decided that was not in my best interest <laughs> or anyone else's. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh is the whole squad do they do they live with you or near you? Uh, yeah, a lot of them
1: live live right around um we're actually from all over the world now. There's a lot of guys from Australia, a lot of the top action sports athletes from Western Canada, Australia. Actually Utah is um mm-hmm. really big kind of location. They've got all kinds of terrain out there as well. Um, you know, everything from base jumping to skiing to Olympic training park, but, uh, no, my me- main mechanic, uh, they call Hubert Roland, everyone's favorite in that. He's actually on the Quibi yeah. show as well. Yeah. Uh, but he was at my house when the quarantine started. So it was like the best case scenario for me. Cause I had a full-time mechanic that yeah. was living in the house. So everything that I broke, he would, um, you know, fix cause he didn't have really anything else to do. So it was, its yeah, awesome. Um, it was probably his worst case scenario, but it was definitely awesome for me. <laughs> yeah. Where do you live? So I live in an, right outside of Annapolis, Maryland, um, little town called Davidsonville. So it's amazing because it's pretty close to Annapolis, Baltimore, DC. Uh, but if you were within ten miles of the house, you, it's just farmland. So and a lot of trees. It's pretty cool. Nice, great place for Fourth of July parties.
0: Yeah, I bet. What, were you? Uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering. Like, were you? Did you sort of? Uh, had the mindset where like, yeah, I'm always going to live in Maryland or like, did you ever feel like, uh, you wanted to make the move out to California or something like that? Or you're just like Maryland rest of my life.
1: So we do a lot of stuff in California. Uh, my wife's actually from uh, Northern beaches, San Diego. So, um, l- love it out in Cali. Uh, really yeah. nice. But most of the stuff we work with is working with dirt. So Temecula is kind of the motors motocross hub, if you will, of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, just a far enough away kind of wine country where they got a little room out there. But, um, for me, Maryland is where my family is. Um, I grew up, my family had a construction company, real small. Uh, but so my grandma lived right next to me. It was our house. Then my uncle's then my dad's uncle, whatever that, that makes him great uncle or something. Yeah. Um, and so on and so forth. So all the cousins kind of moved into our little road and uh, the construction company was right out back. So we always, um, you know, had a place to ride motorcycles and go-karts and everything else that you could possibly imagine. And then kind of just moved a few miles out of town, um, to have a little bigger area to do the, basically the same thing I did when I was a kid. Yeah. My dad's like, man, you're you're 36 years old and you're still making a live playing, uh, making a living playing with kids toys. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of doing the same thing except, uh, Not with dirt bikes, really, but just by... I don't know how you explain it. Living the dream. Yeah, JT, how would you explain it?
2: Oh, that's a good... uh, I'd say we're like... making... trying to make a living being like... uh, the dumbest version of ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I I was... on, On command, so it takes some... it takes some discipline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like my specialty growing up was making people think I'm dumb. And, uh, I was That'd like, it'd be it was, pretty smart to do that to be honest. Yeah, no, it was like my superpower. Like it's like, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It's like, you we we just assume you're dumb and you just like roll with it and you're like, I'm going to make money this way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. Oh, uh, sure.
2: It's been awesome
0: yeah yeah uh what uh did you like who who was like your hero growing up like did you did you look at like evil Knievel or were you like kind of like motocross and then you sort of fell into stunts like how how did that sort of whole process come about
1: yeah when I was uh real young you know obviously evil Knievel was it, when you hear any of your parents or grandparents are like, oh, you ride dirt bikes like Evel Knievel. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was more like guys like Doug Henry, Guy Airton, Cooper, um, the motocross racers for sure. And then yeah. you had Matt, Matt Hoffman, uh, the Condor. I just like the guys that were full send. Guys, yeah. they didn't necessarily care about winning. They wanted to hit the biggest jumps, go the fastest, do the craziest stuff. And that's uh, my parents called a lot of flack for allowing me to uh, follow follow my heart in that direction. It's probably like you know 10 years old doing no hands and no feet on the motorcycle and other yeah. parents like why
2: how could you let your kid do that I'm like ah oh, it seems like he's having fun <laughs> <laughs> so the fl- the flak was coming from other dirt biking kids parents or from just like just people in the neighborhood who would be like why is this dude blasting around on his dirt bike so fast yeah no i mean i never um never rode on the street or um
1: and my dad was drill sergeant in the marine corps so uh laws weren't Work broken um you know definitely the opposite of, of lazy in our family get up work hard um, but then play hard mm-hmm. so uh it was a really fun way to come uh enjoy life i guess but yeah we were i was very fortunate because i had the construct, uh, construction company in the backyard so they were always yelling at me for getting on the bobcat and breaking all their stuff and mixing <laughs> the white sand with the you know the clay and and so on and
0: so forth But yeah <laughs> That's odd. Did, did you ever have dreams of like being like a fighter pilot, stuff like that? Especially yeah, Top Gun came right out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: dude. No, did, you know, not to get off subject, but probably what I'm most disappointed about right now is that Top Gun 2 has been delayed.
2: Oh, you know, that's
1: good. I, I want to see this movie. I had a lot of friends that were, uh, did the camera stuff and filmed all that. And they're like, dude, everything's like all the flying is real. Like It's the yeah. gnarliest film I've ever been a part of. So yeah. I'm definitely excited for that to come out sometime, hopefully, maybe.
0: <laughs> dude, that was like the best trailer I've ever seen, the, the Top Gun 2. Have you seen and that And then
1: one? the movie theater shut down.
0: Oh, it'll be worth it, though. I think I think we're just holding in all this pent-up stoke, and then once we can go see it, it's going to be that much more epic. That's what I'm telling myself. There you go. I, like, I hope so.
1: <laughs> hope it's not a letdown, man. I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, dude
0: uh yeah, yeah the tra- I
1: mean, what uh, no I just not necessarily a fighter pilot but I always want yeah. to be a I I wanted to race rally cars and I wanted to ride yeah. dirt bikes yeah and my reality still hasn't set in because I'm I'm still kind of doing it
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: getting a little old though I keep I'm falling apart at the seams but it seems right. to be holding up enough
0: yeah what what do you really see for yourself like going forward um like what have you sort of thought about like the future for yourself
1: you know, Josh Sheehan was over the yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Sheehan, uh freestyle motocross guy was over the house, and we were we've been working on a triple backflip for so long. We we're welding new ramps. We got a forty four foot tall takeoff, um, eighty degrees. So it's like it looks like it's vertical. Yeah. Um, you know, pulling like absolute maximum g forces up. This felt like you're in a fighter plane, and then trying to spin three flips with a two hundred fifty pound dirt bike over your head landing on a 65 foot tall lane and going 110 feet above ground level. And I, I had internal bleeding and I was, I was peeing out blood just going to the airbag. Mm. And I thought to myself, I'm like, no, it's not worth it anymore. This is not worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, at that moment kind of became my next goal to just keep progressing the sport and to be a part of what i love to do. Um, but help build the safety and yeah. help make the ramps and give the guys like Josh, you know, uh, the best opportunity they can to safely do the stuff that everyone thinks is still impossible. So yeah. You know, yeah. Working on actually starting a facility here in, in Maryland where, uh, cause my wife, she won the world championship, uh, last year and that's kind of her last, last hurrah. Um, if you will, just with our two kids, uh, both, you know, will be in school next year, mm-hmm. uh, first grade and kindergarten. So, um, you know, trying to stay home more and, uh, mm-hmm. to build a facility where we can really grow rally cross with huge jobs, talent, mega banks right and left and just to build it with our, our good friends and and really bring racing back and then you know with the Olympics now with action sports with uh you know you had snowboarding but now skateboard and BMX uh going in like uh and X games and of course Nitro World games and there's so many people over the house and from all over the world all the time. I just want to give them a place that's not a house where they can mm-hmm. come and, and learn all this stuff safely. That's cool. <laughs> uh
0: yeah so like like Tony Hawk is it, like He's like he's like you know how old is he now like fifty something but he's still shredding, but uh, uh, we talked to him and he's like he's still like he's like he's like I'm still skateboarding as much as I can but now I'm into like the technical stuff you know I'm like into like the, the more cerebral kind of it, skating. Dude, so. Tony's he's not human. He's still
1: doing stuff that's never been done. World's first after world's first yeah. building stuff and did he start in skate parks? It's so many skate parks every year in, in places that would never have a chance to do it. Um, yeah, you know, inner city and everything and. Uh, just really such an ambassador for, for action sport. And uh, I think it's just cause he loves it. He's just so passionate about skating and just wants yeah. to see everyone have the opportunities that he had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. I have guys like you and, and Tony sort of able to, to, to provide that for, for the kids these days. It's awesome. Um, uh, what was I going to ask? Oh yeah so so you have uh, kids do you, do you have uh, uh sons daughters I have uh two little
1: girls Oh nice so, nice No it's, it's pretty awesome I always thought it was uh uh I thought it was nurture over nature but they're so different um so yeah I was, I don't know how many parents you have watching the show but it's uh it, it's definitely been a been a very interesting ride uh watching yeah. watching those two grow up and uh yeah. you know that I kind of raise them like boys but you know, or especially with yeah. my wife is a tomboy as well. And <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, they love dirt bikes and go karts and Thanks. BMX and everything. So it's, it's been fun.
0: Yeah. Do you build like jumps for them and stuff? You're like, all right, you're going to want to huck a fat tail whip. off. This?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not quite to that level, but no, they're, yeah. they're jumps. besides the, uh, like the Can-Am's little off-road things, 170 uh, CC. And I had to get a full roll cage in the thing. And I've had to put five point harnesses in and uh, we got like a kicker stereo system. My daughter's just got like, you know, it's a hundred acres out back and mm-hmm. she knows, like my wife would still get lost back there. Um, yeah. Just miles and miles of trails. And Addie, she can get, her oldest, she's, you know, all, all of six years old, yeah. um, just rips through those trails doing, I mean, probably like 30 foot gaps in, in a really? little side by side. Yeah. Oh, that's she awesome. She wants to take all her friends with her. I'm like, ah yeah like yeah. you'll be okay but i don't think other parents are going to be okay with this you just stay back there <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh that's awesome um yeah i i, I can't I, when i grew up i had like a, a pretty big backyard so we had like a like a, a, a giving allowing your kids to have like adventures like that i think is so beneficial for them and it, it just creates the best childhood i think yeah i was i was definitely grew up pretty redneck, so that's I don't
1: know. It's the only thing we really know around here, but it's, uh, yeah. it's so much fun. And uh, yeah. my wife is opposite. She's you know, the, the board girl, surf, skate, snow, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, bicycles, motorcycles, and cars. So yeah. uh, growing up, they'll, they'll be well-versed in action sports, but uh, we'll,
0: we'll see what they end up doing. Best of both worlds. I like that. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, you have a new Quibi show coming out, which I was, I was watching this morning. I love it. So the, the Nitro Circus crew is back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, do you want to maybe sort of explain for the, for the listeners what, what it's all about?
1: Yeah, so Quibi came to – they wanted a couple action sports things. So they went to Ken Block, and they're like, all right, Ken's going to do the car stuff. We're like, we need something just, just fun, something that's um, – you know, our audiences think of HBO. Like, you can do whatever you want. Just you be you. Bring together some, uh, some good crew. We want to see a build show. So mm-hmm. it started out as a build show, and we thought, ah, oh, we'll just build all our favorite kids' toys. Because we still yeah. make a living on kids' toys. And yeah. we'll build bigger. Um, so we ended up with a yo yo uh, that was attached to a giant crane that was hundreds of feet in the air. And then the guys spinning until they pretty much puked. That's the only one that I was like, absolutely not. We had a tossing <laughs> awesome catch. You know those things you played with as a kid They had like the Velcro? Like, yeah. The ball, the Velcro pads. Well, we yeah. were the Velcro ball and uh, had a rung my bell pretty good on that one. Um, got yeah. launched out of a catapult and uh, missed the. Missed the catch. Yeah. Kind of like my childhood. I wasn't very good at throwing or catching. I so <laughs> wasn't very good at physics either, as it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, It's so fun. Yeah. How, how did you guys decide on the toys? Like, how, how do you guys come up with the ideas for that? Do you have like a writer's room or are you just sort of, how's that come about?
1: No, it's basically, you know, we, we learned real quick <clears throat> dealing with the guys from, from Jackass when they first came out the Nitro Circus show and they were helping us. I'm like, look if you have a really horrible idea, you have to be willing to at least try it first.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: generally we got a really good group of, of some of the top athletes, if you will, in action sports. And we build most of our own stuff anyway. So we kind of understand a lot about how things work just because, well, when we grew up, they weren't sports. So we had, to, we, we wanted yeah. to do it, we had to build it. Um, Get a little less Jerry rigged over the years, but um, pretty fun to come up with ideas and say, okay, what do we want to do? Said okay, we want to drive like Barbie jeeps, and basically let's have a, a Barbie jeep race. But let's yeah. do it with with bigger Barbie cars. Let's have more horsepower. Let's have jumps. Yeah. Um. You know, and then you know, like the toss and catch. They were everyone was making fun of me because I can't throw or catch, and obviously I wasn't even good as as the the human uh, ball in that. <laughs> it's like As yeah. I crashed to my uh, to my head, but um, you know, just basically, what do you think would be fun to do? Uh mm-hmm. so for us like like well most of my childhood had a like a, a red wagon, a radio flyer, if you will, um, you know, racing down hills and stuff. So I was like, let's do a radio flyer. But we built it so big and then of course we put a a jet pack
0: on it. So it <laughs> took off much faster.
2: Stuff Hell like yeah. that. Oh yeah.
0: That's the best. Um yeah, the uh that that catapult looked funny, even even though even though you came up short. Um yeah, did you did you have a favorite? Is there a favorite favorite toy that you guys did? Like, do you have a favorite
1: one? Um, for me, the, I want the catapult for the end of my pier. Um, at the, at the house, yeah. just to launch in the water. Like, if there oh, was entertaining,
0: oh yeah, so great. That'd um, be a great Fourth of July. Uh, toy
1: to have. One hundred percent. I've been trying to get it to Maryland, but uh, I think it's going <laughs> to stay out there. Oh, uh, damn, dude, the red wagon though. We actually, um, we had some guys, the same guys that built the Red Bull, uh balloon like felix Baumgartner's like basically you know aerospace people yeah uh, and why they went that direction i have no idea but this red wagon was built like you would never believe yeah. like um it was the it, exactly to scale only times 40 or whatever it was and they got yeah. four of us in there but literally the wheels roll so well um we could like take all the kids and pull it anywhere you wanted to go like it's taller than me but we yeah. could pull this red wagon up the hill so i want to um Trying to get it. Hopefully, uh, to basically, my I married into a, a house in, in California, so we don't yeah. get out there too often. But uh, like to, because it's not too far from the beach. Just yeah. walking down the road with a wet red wagon that's like the, <laughs> on the sidewalk would be awesome.
0: Yeah, dude, that, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> what was I? Uh, oh, dude, I, I, this is a random question, but so for the Nitro Circus movie, my buddy asked Clown, aka Jack. His dad is Dennis Rice. Did you work with Dennis Rice?
1: Yeah, no, sure did.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I came to the premiere. I am not sure if I met you. I think it was like 2013 or something, but Dude, that's that was, been a while. Yeah. Shoot, uh, yeah, uh, Dennis.
1: No, it's uh yeah. it's it was a cool crew. Like um, we were yeah. working with the 3D cameras though at that point. So it like they're like hold for camera and you're like ready to do something that you think you're gonna die on. And you're mm-hmm. sitting up there for like 45 minutes
0: while they change like the
1: batteries out of these 3D cameras. I'm like, this is yes.
2: horrible.
0: <laughs> but yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, what's the most scared you've ever been?
1: Um, that's a good question. You know, anything. <clears throat> sorry, anything you're not prepared for. I think so. Mm-hmm. Probably dropping in on Bob Burnquist Mega Ramp on a plastic rear wheel tricycle uh that we got from toys r us and as i'm dropping in thinking i hope this goes as fast as like a skateboard or a bicycle because if i don't i'm going to come up short and mm-hmm. and pretty much crash to my death so um yeah. it, it worked out i still did knock myself out but it worked yeah. out better than I could have.
0: <laughs> yeah, no death. So <laughs> it's good uh, uh that's awesome i uh what was i gonna say um what uh so so what do you have coming up what what's 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 next for you Oh man our racing season finally
1: gets on the way I'm just hoping that this covid thing doesn't come back uh and stop everything again but I know you guys out in California are,
0: are um I think you just said you had the, the most uh counts yeah, what is it Yeah you know? it's not looking too pretty right now but it will pull through
1: Yeah no it'll be good I mean It's just tough because racing and with action sports and and trying to put on live shows and, you know, Nitro, we've got uh, 20 athletes that we're expecting to, you know, they get paid per show and they're guaranteed a certain amount of shows. But if we don't have any shows, then they're, you know, they're basically everyone's finding real jobs. or trying to go to construction or um, it's it's a, it's a tough time for, you know, like a lot of guys, even guys that had trained, you know, the last three years, four years to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, skating's in the Olympics, BMX in the Olympics. They're all excited. They're at their absolute peak prime and
0: mm-hmm. they're not
1: sure when this stuff's going to actually happen now. So, you know, right. X Games didn't happen for the first time in 25 years. And, um, it's a real interesting, uh, uh economy, I guess, but, of uh, just landscape, uh, especially right. for sports that, you know, are kind of a hobby. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we think of them as serious, but at the end of the day, you know, that's kind of the first things to go. So hoping right. to, uh, Hoping to get everything back going, but the rally season's starting back up here next week, so I'm excited. Although my co driver and number one mechanic, like crew chief, if you will, are both from Europe. Yeah. So they're not going to be here. So I had to like scramble finding like, someone to sit with me. Yeah. It's surprisingly not hard to find someone that's willing to sit shotgun with me after my.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you mentioned they're Formula One guys, the original.
1: Um, yeah, actually my, uh, co-driver is like a smart version of race car drivers. Um, so my co-driver, uh, actually works as an engineer on the, uh, Red Bull F1 team. Um, mm-hmm. and in his spare time sits with me in a car going really fast through the woods, trying to, uh, keep us on the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's pretty neat. Uh, but my, uh, we call him, uh, Graham, oh, Graham Cracker, but he's a awesome dude. Um, he's from England as well. And just, uh, he's been basically stuck over there. His, uh, his whole family actually came down, um, with, with COVID for a while. So that makes them even more like, I'm like, well, you already had it. Send him over. He's fine.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. How'd they deal with it? Were they all right?
1: Uh, yeah. So my, um, crew chief's wife ended up, uh, she got pneumonia and it was, went pretty bad for a while. She had some health issues, uh, before with cancer and stuff that she had already, um, fought through. So, um, you know, that was tough. Uh, his, uh, daughter the, or her son um, went right through like, was like two. Yeah,
2: it was sick for two weeks, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, good considering. Yeah. Right. Um, do you want to answer some questions from the listeners?
0: Sure. What's up, guys? I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know once again that we are brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, thank you so much for keeping our trims pubed, for looking after our hogs, for making sure that your dongs are looking fresh and clean. And fellas, are you prepared to unwell your summer bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Don't be the guy at the beach with a bear rug on your chest. And if you grew some more quarantine man tits, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless, okay? Because Manscaped is dedicated to help you level up your full-body grooming game. You know, they have the the Perfect Package 3.0. You guys know what this is all about. The Essential Lawnmower 3.0. Waterproof. Cordless body trimmer. Liquid formulations. Ball toner. Uh, pube cleaner. a Fucking all kinds of stuff, guys. And, yeah, so... And, guys, I've got a huge, huge, huge announcement for the Stokers. They just launched this in Australia. They just launched this in Australia. So if you're an Aussie... You've gone years without using the right tools for the job. And you can be one of the first, the first to experience these life-changing products. And trust me, dudes, I've been to Australia. You guys are the best. You guys know how to rage. And I know that once your pubes are in great order, you guys will be the best ragers in history. That's huge. So get the manscape Crop Preserver. Get two free gifts. Uh you know, for the shed travel bag for a limited time. If you subscribe, you know, I love it, dude. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code, go deep, WW at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. So get 20% off free shipping with the code, go deep, WW at com. Trim your testicles with the besticles. All right, later.
2: All right. Um, do I ask out mega babe? What up, Chad, GT, Joe, Aaron, and possible guests? I come to you in a time in quarantine when libido is high and female contact is low. I've been mean, going to physical therapy for a couple weeks, and there's an intern working there that is super cool and a Megababe. We talk every time I'm there, seeming to hit it off, and learn that we share some common interests, one of them fitness. She's understandably focused on her job, so conversations are often cut short. The question is, do I ask out this Megababe, sparking some potential? If so, How? She's not always working, so it's hard to predict when I'll see her again. Or do I respect her career and just be friends for the time being, avoiding potential awkwardness? My PT lasts only a month, so getting rejected wouldn't be the worst thing. I'd be curious to hear your opinions on how to go about this. Thanks, guys, for your constant inspiration, uplifting everyone's lives during these especially difficult times.
0: Uh, Yeah, Travis, have you pre-marriage, did you ever have any... PT people that you were romantically interested in
1: there there was none of my physical therapists uh were female so no (laughs) there there were I I guess a couple but they were not exactly in my age bracket if you will right right um no I've made a career on just not being afraid I guess so I think if if you uh I, I just always went for it I mean worst that can happen is they say no And then use the awkwardness to be funny and try to get that. The only thing that you can't recover from is creepy.
0: So as long as you're not that, you're good. Dude, I love that. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just huck it in and set the right way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Just just hit the jump and uh, go for it. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I think he doesn't doesn't really have anything to lose. And – yeah, as long as he's not creepy, you know, just say, what up? They're like, thank you for the PT. Let's get pokey.
1: Yeah, maybe that, might just, that might fall under creepy. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, damn.
2: <laughs> maybe wait till you're you're done. If you only have a month left of PT, maybe just wait till the end, too, so that you don't have to uh, cruise back in there post, um, post ask out. Because I, I I don't want to assume it's going to go neg, but yeah, I would I would just maybe wait till the end so it's kind of like a seamless transition either way. Um. All right, to be or not to be friends. What up, legends? Going to make this short and simple. After talking and getting deep and vulnerable to super dupe, super dope, down to earth, bay with our attentions, emotions, and feelings, she straight quick scoped me to the heart with, "Look, I want to have sex, but I don't want with, but I don't with you." Damn. Brutal. Long story short, we haven't hooked up in four months and she wants to be just friends. Should I stay friends with this babe by letting time do its thing or just let her go and drown like the legend Leo after that painful honesty?
0: Um, Dude, I mean, if she said straight up that she wants to be friends and hook up with other dudes, I mean, it sounds like you want more. So, you know. I think just freaking let go and drown to the Atlantic like Leo. What do you think, Trav? I, I concur.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you need some space, dog. And then maybe maybe you'll s- swim really strong and then you won't drown like Leo. Hell yeah. Oh, that was really deep, man. Thanks, dudes. All right, getting over mistakes. What up, Chad and JT, and any fire guest that is on the pod? First off, I want to thank you guys for all you do. You guys have really helped me become a better person and have helped tremendously on my path to becoming a stoke lord. Now to my cue. Recently, I was at a party, and I noticed this girl who was really digging me. As the night went on, we were both drinking, and at some point, I knew something was going down. My stoke was high, but things took a turn for the worse when her friend told me she had a boyfriend. I took note of this, but when she came over and started rubbing on me, I knew it was over. We ended up hooking up that night, and now I can't get over feeling like shit. My stoke is lower than ever, and it's because even though I'm not dating anyone and didn't cheat, I allowed her to cheat on her boyfriend with me. I realized my mistake and even apologized to her the next morning. She said she isn't mad, but I know what I did was wrong. So I'm wondering if you guys have ever experienced anything like this, and how do you get over any and all past mistakes? Appreciate all the help, fellow stoker Kyle.
0: Um. Yeah, dude, I, I had a similar situation in high school. and it, it, Yeah, it felt terrible. Uh, but I think the best thing you can do is just say, moving forward, I'm going to, you know, try to have more integrity and just be more mindful of, you know, other dudes. And uh, just going forward, just be the best dude I can be. I think that's all you can do, really. What do you guys think?
2: Travis, what do you think?
0: You know, I,
1: I know like, you know, my wife was in the body issue of ESPN and, you know, doing autograph signing and like those pictures will come up and you're like, all right. Um, But I don't trust any other dude out there. I don't trust any of my friends, but I trust my wife. Mm. And I think that's at the end of the day, like, yeah, dude, don't, go trying to go around and doing that to uh, other people or to people that are in relationships. But that relationship probably wasn't going to work anyway. She mm. met you that night and she's already doing whatever with you. You might've saved that guy
0: heartache down the road.
1: Imagine if they'd have been married and she was still doing that and he didn't know.
2: It, My
0: two cents. That was profound. Yeah. That's a,
2: that's, that's a nice direction. perspective on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, One question. Are you boys on motherfucking LinkedIn? Shit is hype. Commenting some fuck shit on your Goldman Sachs blowjob post. Hilarious. Ride the wave. Is that a question? Did Did you? I don't think there. Oh, are we on LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn, Travis? No. Nah, I'm on there, but I haven't updated in like seven years. I had a job and my boss maybe put myself on there. Yeah, but my name's slightly different.
0: The, the rest of that question was a little bit confusing. Yeah, Goldman
2: Sachs blowjob. I don't remember saying anything about any of the, either of those things. It's mm-hmm. probably a fake you on LinkedIn that he's referring to. Oh. oh that'd be interesting. Interesting. I'll have to search yeah, check into that. Did you ever think about working in the financial sector, Travis? Nope, never crossed my mind. <laughs> if you weren't dirt biking, what do you, or if you weren't doing extreme sports, what do you think you would have done? Uh,
1: Probably military. Honestly, most of my family, they either went um, sports uh, or military construction, and they all ended up construction. So I'm still the, the last one left of the, the cousins or the uncles living the dream and
0: still mm-hmm. uh, kind of doing what I love to do on on kids' choice, if you will. <laughs> Hell yeah. And which branch of the military do you think you would have gone into? So
1: we're from Annapolis. Uh, Naval Academy is right down the road. Uh, most of my cousins went into the Navy. Uh, my best friend growing up, uh, he became a SEAL. Cool. Um, actually, uh, retired uh, two years ago, and now he's in um, like security, which is actually pretty interesting. Like even for Nitro Circus, we have you know a lot of guys that were in military just kind of help us. Yeah, uh, 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 funny. Story, I guess, went over to um, Saudi Arabia and uh, got a text right when I landed uh, from Faisal bin Laden, and I was like, I don't know how bin Laden got my phone number, and he's like, Hey, you want to check out my car collection? So we took all the military guys that we had with us, and uh, James Foster and a couple of guys. I was like, ah, Sounds cool. Super mm-hmm. nice family. Took us like nine stories down. The military guys with us were like, oh this is it. All the garage doors close them. All. I was like, This is where we die. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got to try some awesome cars.
2: Uh, it was pretty fun. So anyway, there's a random tidbit.
0: That's awesome.
2: All right. One more question. Performance anxiety, enormous bomb. What up fellas? I'm a stoker from up North and a huge fan of the pod. Everyone's effort on this show has helped me through a lot of ups and downs in my life. Really stoked. This exists. I wanted to, I wanted the boys to share their experience overcoming performance anxiety or bad stand-up experiences. I'm a huge comedy fan and decided to give an open mic a shot myself. But let me tell you, fellas, I absolutely bombed harder than anything imaginable. To provide context, it was a small room, socially distanced, and extremely bright lights, so I couldn't see anyone. That's not the problem, though. I love being on stage and feeling that rush. My problem was I literally could not get the words out. I choked up and my throat seized. My move was to lean headfirst into the silence and see if I could ride it out. I felt humiliated, but challenged to try again. Any advice on how to regain the confidence to get back up? Any memorable bombing
0: stories? Uh Well, dude. First off, what I did when I started is I bought a mic and a mic stand. Got right here. I just rehearsed nonstop. You know, even though it's stand-up and you need a crowd, you can still rehearse your jokes and just. I I think, in Chavis, you can probably test this. It, it like. The, the getting that, that practice in and, and sort of uh, getting the, the pathways in your brain sort of primed for that experience probably similar to like dirt biking and, and rally cars it, it just it, I think it just um, increases your confidence tenfold for that experience so you can get the words out and uh, yeah a ton of bombing experiences I, like, but I love bombing It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, And so I think you just got to learn to love it. Uh, Yeah. Trav, how do you feel? That's an
1: interesting perspective there. Um, No, I think one of the the toughest parts on Nitro Circus is we have to go around. And a lot of times we go into countries that, you know, they don't all speak English or even a very little bit. And you can generally, after you practice and you know what you're going to say and you've rehearsed it, you kind of know, what people get and what people don't get but there's been sometimes that i've just been up there and like i said the wrong city um you know get basically booed out of the stadium i've thrown <laughs> an opening pitch because i'm horrible at throwing and yeah. i missed the catcher and i hit the braves mascot right oh, in the yeah. head. did he really made right it up he went down the like, whole stadium booed. my first <laughs> ever super cross race i um i had a, a cast i just broke my thumb and i was nervous so i'm like i'm just gonna do a trick and I didn't think about it, but I had a cast on my hand. So when I went to grab the rear fender on a trick... Now, you're not supposed to do tricks on the warm-up lap of a race, let alone your first race. Mm-hmm. It was my first professional race. Literally 70,000 people in Indianapolis, in the stadium. Wow. I do a trick. I miss the grab. I crash. Eat crap. I mean, north, south, east, west crash. Like, head over feet. My bike launches off the berm, takes out a camera guy. Camera guy, I got to know him later, but... Um, like, goes down pretty hard, like, can't film. The whole crowd is laughing. There's 70,000 people as I get up that are like literally hysterically laughing. And I have the one guy, like, my boss, and just has his head down, Roger DeCoster, shaking his head, like, who did I hire on my team? I'm 16 years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I went to the starting line, and my mechanic's pissed off, and he has to change the clutch, it's broken, the handlebars are bent. And he's like, all right, now you go out and win. Because that's the only way you're gonna get over this. Yeah. And uh I didn't. I actually landed on a guy in the second turn and, and crashed and it was horrible again. But that's how I started my pro career. So really you can't yeah. really get worse than that.
0: That that's a great story. Yeah, that's nice.
2: That sucks. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think I think uh bombing is just part of it. Failure is just part of it. It sucks, it hurts, but you get used to Feeling that hurt, and then as the more you get used to it, the less impactful it is each time. Although sometimes it's still when you don't see it coming, when you think you're going to crush, and then you bomb, and it just ruins your night. That that's really tough. But I don't know. I look back on all those things fondly. And then they say Chris rocks, like bombs a ton. He'll bomb on purpose. He'll like do his jokes with no personality just to see if they work, like on their own without all of his you know performance chops. And and I think his ability to choose that and to suffer through that is why he's chris rock and then yeah i've I've bombed where i couldn't talk i remember one time i was supposed to say a bit of lettuce a bed of lettuce trying to do a joke about salad i said a bed of lettuce and i said a bit of lettuce and no one knew what i was talking about (laughs) but you just keep going no one really notices as much as you notice
0: yeah and, and i think uh If you do it for for the sake of doing it, like you're like, you know, regardless of what happens, I'm going to go up there on stage and I'm going to have fun. That, not only will that translate to the audience, but that helps you to become a little bit more impervious to, because you don't want to be so result oriented where you're just like, I need to crush. I need to like get all these laughs where you're just like, I'm going to go up there. I love my material. I'm going to go up and just have fun. And regardless of what the audience thinks, I'll leave the stage just being like, that was awesome, uh yeah. And then also, like, I, I like Anthony Jeselnik's sort of point of view, where he's like, I wanted to go on stage and be like one of those WWE wrestlers who's like the villain, you know, and just purposely try and be hated. So you can also take that approach. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's cool. He's yeah. a badass.
0: Yeah, Travis, I, I wanted to. What's the What's the most stoked you've ever been?
1: Ah. Uh... You know, it, it's the the things that you do with your really good friends. That's kind of always started Nitro Circus. It's not necessarily what you do. Like I had the best year as far as results wise when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I've, my whole life, I've dreamed of representing the U.S. and the motocross nations. One over was the youngest person ever picked for the U.S. to represent. Um, won the motocross nations. Won the outdoor national championship. Like. Went from, you know, family has three mortgages on the house, can't figure out how to make ends meet to, you know, making six figures at at 16 and contracts coming in. And -hmm. it was the loneliest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was doing everything that I wanted to, but I I realized right then that I'm like, man, what do I really enjoy? Like Mm -hmm. I enjoy riding my dirt bike with my friends. Like I don't necessarily, like I love racing, but I just want to have fun. And that mm-hmm. really changed my life around that point and probably went super downhill as far as results are concerned, but man, it's been a
0: great ride.
2: Yeah. Nice. Um,
0: yeah. It's interesting. I, you continually hear the stories of the people who like achieve their dreams like like they had like these specific dreams that when they get there, it's it's not really what they always sort of get there and they're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And they have to sort of reassess. And it's, well,
1: it, when you get there, you're, like everything you've always worked for you, you're like, okay, n- now what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah they say the, yeah, David Brooks calls it the second mountain where he says hyper successful people then realize their life is more about like trying to contribute to society and trying to help other people. And that's kind of what it seems like you're doing with your, the next evolution of making the extreme sports more safe.
1: Yeah. I mean, selfishly it's to be able to continue living my dream, but in Kind of the way that that goes back around is to be able to do it with your friends and to make if any of my friends get hurt or my wife or my kids you know that are getting into this or the next generation like that's that's on me and that's uh, like what Tony Hawk I think you know just wants other people to
2: be able to experience the life that he experienced and that's why he's opening so many skate parks everywhere. Hmm. Tony Hawk told us his nickname growing up was Bony Cock. Um, did you have any nicknames growing up? I can't compete with that
1: (laughs) oh my gosh no my my parents called me uh and all my uncles said awful can awful from like time I was four because I crashed all the time They're like I actually made a career kind of out of crashing but when you crash enough like I figure if you're not
2: trying to push yourself you're not going hard enough did you ever find like I was when I was riding dirt bikes growing up if I like if I like pinned it and I hit a jump like going as fast as I could like, even if I crashed, I'd get a lot of love from the older bros, like the guys who taught me how to dirt bike and stuff. So it, and their love meant more to me than the risk of driving faster than I felt like I was comfortable with. Did you, did you, did you feel that too? Like, oh, the harder I push, the more like acceptance I'll get. Well, you never believe it now, but I was a super
1: shy, quiet kid. Like I was a teacher's pet, straight A student, like just If it wasn't for motorcycles, I I don't know if I would have ever got any confidence or lived anything near the life that I've lived now. But Mm -hmm. they've definitely gave me the confidence because I could go out there and even though I wasn't as fast as my cousins or I couldn't throw or catch as well as anybody else really. um, I realized that if I just jumped off of higher bridges than everyone else that did more flips and spins, or twisted the throttle on a dirt bike and went faster than anyone else was willing to go. Like, didn't matter what you look like, how dorky you were, what your grades were. They were just like, yeah, you send it. <laughs> and that was kind uh, right. the that confidence is what led me through life. So yeah.
0: Mm. Nice. That's great. Yeah. I, I, uh, this is a random question, but you have a lot of experience with foam pits and we had an idea. Cause that uh, we've been learning a lot about asteroids like asteroidal impacts, and it's like, do you think a huge foam pit could save us from uh, Armageddon? Like, if an Wait. asteroid went to,
2: it's a fucking good question. Yeah, because <laughs> we've been thinking about it a lot.
0: Yeah, like, like I'm talking like massive foam pit, maybe like hundred feet high. Hundred feet. I think
1: you're gonna need. Um, so, just knowing what I know about foam pits, um, and we dropped our really fat friend Tommy from a hundred foot crane into uh, the deepest foam pit that we've ever built. Yeah. And uh, Tommy is not as big of an asteroid. He, he he does have a big ass and he did find his way all the way to the bottom and hit the bottom pretty hard. It took us over 45 minutes to find him digging for so long. So I think most of the foam would just kind of blow away. I think you'd have a better chance building a massive airbag, um, a Kevlar top, you know, if the world came together and said, okay, this is where this asteroid's going to hit. You know, we got Mm -hmm. scientists that are smart enough to figure that stuff out. Right. Armageddon was great movie, you know, Um, great movies. Yeah. Um, I think we could just get like a bunch of Kevlar topped um, bags. So like a a 50 uh, layered airbag, I think will be your best bet.
0: Oh, nice dude. That's, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I like in case that.
1: there's an asteroid coming, I think that's, you know, NASA should look into that.
0: Yeah, I think we'll we'll, re, we'll relay the message, let them know. Because it's been on our minds a ton, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: But do you know, um, you guys know something we don't know what's going on out there?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I right? just a lo- lot YouTube. What, JT? Well,
2: in just 2020, it's like throwing so much stuff at us. I think we're just trying to be prepared for anything. Totally. That's smart. Totally smart. Like we don't know what's coming next. Yeah, dude. And then if it's a comet, would does sand work against a comet? Sand. Yeah, like if you pour sand on a comet, does it cool it off? How would you? So you're gonna shuttle some sand up to the comet? I was thinking, yeah, but I was also thinking you could just like burn out on your dirt bike. And just hit it with like a wave of sand as it's coming at us. Had to be a big dirt bike. That's a good
1: point. No, it could be like, uh, what, was, what was the movie with the, uh, it was a big hit in uh, in China, I guess, with the uh, the monsters that come through the, the earth. Or oh, Pacific you know. Rim. That's the one. Yeah, they just build bigger humans. They just build build me one of those, and they'll sit on a huge dirt bike and just
2: make it happen. That'd be so sweet. Yeah. yeah. That'd be sick.
0: All right, man. JT, you have any more questions?
2: No, that was it. Travis, thank you for coming on again, dude. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Just come on anytime. Yeah, it's nice. good to see you. I do appreciate you guys. Have yeah. fun and uh, stay too. in touch. Cool.
0: Have a good one.
2: Okay, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Later, man. <laughs> Amazing uh,
0: questions. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I do. Best of luck in that, that upcoming race too. No, much, much appreciate Best luck luck, dude.
1: Thank gotcha. you.
0: Thank Have a good one.